Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. It's go time. Let's go. Let's have a conversation about leadership stuff because that's what we get to do. Before we get into any kind of topical discussion, I just want to remind our listeners how incredibly awesome it is to have these four incredible human beings to be able to discuss leadership stuff with and hopefully get out content for you as you're driving and listening to this podcast that you think, oh man, hadn't thought of it that way before. Now I have, and now I'm better for it. So let's kick us off here. Geoff is looking like a bad Santa. If you please give us an introduction. Oh, bro. Oh man. <laughs> Glad to be here. Always fun. Always learning something new and just grateful to be a part of such a wonderful group of people. You guys are awesome. I, I love this time together. It's the best. Oh, y'all get extra presents. <laughs> Myra, good to see you. Would you please introduce oh. yourself to the group? Oh, and kisses all around because I love y'all too. <laughs> I gave you a hug if I could. And I love the fact that we have listeners that listen to us and put up with our banter every week. And hopefully they learn a lot. Put the email address again to our HR department. <laughs> <laughs> HR, I need HR. I'll add a note for our friend Jeff Geyer, who could not be in a finer diner. How you doing today, sir? I could not be in a finer diner. Thank you very much. In fact, I just posted on the, our No More Leadership yes, Facebook group where I am this morning. And if you ever get to this part of it, you should stop in here. The service is great. The food is great. The atmosphere is great. And, are, they, uh, are, yeah. are they sponsors? No, not yet, but they will be before I do that. Yeah, yeah, baby. So glad everybody's with you. Welcome to another fantastic episode of No More Leadership. Yes. Fabulous. And Jeff Conroy, who is not in a diner to my understanding, but yet we're happy to see you. Hi, Thanks, guys. It is so good to see you guys. I miss and love you guys. You guys are the best. I'm ready to do on some learning. Let's do some learning. He's not in a diner. He's in a tavern. Right. <laughs> That's his basement. The same thing. These are food. What's up? I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Tavern in the basement. Right? Lucky. That should be a name of a restaurant. Yeah. Tavern in the basement. Tavern on the green. Tavern oh. on the basement. Tavern on the green, right. which so is not a sponsor of our show. And as I skip myself, like I always do, I'm Dr. Sam Jennings with 360 Clarity. And the topic we come with today is a conversation I've had a couple of this week, the last couple of weeks. And it highlights an issue that occurs in usually larger organizations, which is compensation equity. Now, the other way to say that is, what? They get paid more than me? And sometimes that's going to happen. But in this case, we are looking at situations where people who have longevity and or supervisory responsibility find out that the new hires are bringing on who would be quote unquote under them on their org chart are being paid more than the supervisors themselves. And a lot of companies have policies about you don't get to talk about salary. You can't, can't show that information. So... A, I want to debate that, and B, I want to get into 
What does this say about the culture? So let's start with part one. Part one is you can't talk about it. And dear friends, we're going to have a come one, come all discussion here. Have you been in a situation where I said you can't talk about salaries? And whether you have or haven't, what's your opinion on it? I'm going to open it up. Somebody dive in. I'll dump in there. I have been there, done that both sides. I understand the confidentiality of it. I understand that uh, there are situations where you either can't or won't or... There's just situations where you want to pay somebody more. You want to reward them more or they're a better worker or whatever. And you don't want that undermining the whole culture. But on the flip side of that, I know what it feels like. I'm going to tell you, everybody talks about it. I don't care what your policy is. It gets talked about. Yep. And when it's like a punch in the gut, when... The person sitting next to you that you don't think's working as hard as you, you don't think they know as much as you do or can contribute as well as you do. And they're getting 50 cents an hour more, a dollar more, $2,000 more a month, whatever it is, you, they equate their worth with what you're paying them. I guess to wrap that up is we really need to figure out a better system. And I agree. Employees are always going to talk. No matter, you can, you can have this ironclad rule that no one talks about payroll. But they're going to talk about payroll. They always do. It's just the nature of the beast. I've always felt I was raised to feel that that talking about your pay is private, just like many other things are private. But that was one of the things you just never talked about. So I don't. I, when I became a leader, I was a little bit of shocked, stunned about what people are saying about their pay, and then you just start acclimating and changing the way you do things. Like I said earlier, when we give out pay increases or incentives, I create a letter and say, this is what you're going to get. And then I shred the letter up because I don't want letters left around. I don't want letters in recycle bins that people are going to dumpster dive for. So I'll send it to them electronically. It's just, it's just a weird cultural thing that people do. And I don't understand why other than people think that money will make their life happier. If I get a little bit more money, mm-hmm. all my problems will be solved. And it's not. It's money's a mm-hmm. band-aid, not a cure. Mm-hmm. Your issues your issues are your issues. Sorry. Sorry. That's a totally different topic. Sorry. You're getting soapbox. <laughs> Jot that down for next time. Sorry. So uh you know, for Guy or what do you have to share in terms of have you seen their experience this before? Yeah, I so I've worked with a large, a very large company and one of my coaching clients who's in charge of a department and the trying to hire people that had a specific education level and a specific years of skill set in that specific field was exceedingly challenging. Now, because he grew up in that environment, he had that the experience part, he had the education part, but he's got these new people to his environment that were demanding as much, if not more than he was getting paid. And so he would be hiring a subordinate who had the potential to make more money than him, which is very frustrating. And he was very loyal to the organization. And that was the hard part. He's like, honestly, I need the help. I am, I don't care if they're making more money than me. They can do the job. I just need people to come in that are competent, that can learn this job so that we can keep this place running smoothly and safely. And Right. And the hard part was is that he had input on who to hire, 
But ultimately it was HR and HR was the one that got to decide that the company got to decide, here's what we're going to offer you. Here's what we're going to pay you, what we're willing to pay you, which was different than the industry standard. There was this level, there was obviously a level of frustration. We had many conversations about how do you hire somebody and what kind of resentment is there if there is resentment because they're going to, they're going to make as much, if not more than you. And you're the one that's supposed to be leading them. So there's that weird, really wanting somebody that, to be in that position that's good at what they do. But then there's the, they're going to make more money than me and they're in a lower position than I am. How is that fair? At some point, it has to create a level of resentment and it, there's going to be an issue. There's no way of getting around it. Gary, how about you from, I think, more of the private standpoint, the businesses you've worked with? What have you... Oh, a couple of things, Sam. One is the belief... That as employees, all of us get paid for what we have done, not for what we're about to do. And she accepts job at the highest level they can get the employer to pay. And the employer's looking at it. I'm going to hire the best employees I can for the least amount of money. So you have this divergent positions to, to begin with. And our compensation today, and I think it, it didn't always used to be this way, right? You used to able to work for a company for 30 or 40 years and you'd get paid more based on how long you've been there, not based on how much value you're bringing to the organization. But today, I think, you know, the tide is, is turning towards more value. It isn't about how long you've been there. It's what kind of value you're bringing to the organization. And if your organization is having to hire new employees at higher value, higher compensation packages than your existing employee. Then I think you, you need, you need to look at your entire compensation program because it, it has not kept up with society. It hasn't kept up with inflation. It hasn't kept up with current market conditions, all those kinds of things. But I really do believe that the two things I started that with, we get paid for what we're, what we have done, not for what we're about to do. And that means as employees, we should always provide more value than we think we're getting paid for. And at some point, the way the world works, you will get compensated for that value. And then number two is, if you're the leader, you need to make sure your compensation packages are keeping pace with the current market. And that's hard to do. Because my, so my do- my daughter works for a global company, and she was t- telling me that she has there are new employees coming on that are making almost what they're making. And my daughter's been there for what, 13 years. And I said, I get it. And I told her, because when I was doing the nonprofit things, I had employees saying their new employees are making more than what I was making. And I've been here 10 years or whatever. But I try to put it in perspective. Yes, employers need to put a pay schedule in place that keeps those and reward those employees that are there a long time. I think that's first and foremost, doing something, giving them a pop, every a really nice pop every five years or so. Mm. But the other part of it is on the, from the business side, and I know Geyer will, will, will agree with this, is for every dollar more you pay an employee, that's an extra $2,080. You work 2,080 hours a year. That's 40 hours a week, 52 weeks, 2,080 hours. That's an extra 2,080 hours per person or the $2,080 per dollar that you're going to give someone. So when I asked my daughter, I said, so if you're going to bring everybody up, how many employees does your company have? And she said thousands. And I said, exactly. So if you're going to give everyone a dollar raise minimum, that's an extra $2,080 times 3,000. Do the math. That your pay. That's why your payroll is always 50% or a little more than your overall budget. That's your biggest line item. 
because it's really expensive to do. So if you're going to pay your people more, what's going to give? You have a finite amount of money and it's hard. But when they talk about it and they get angry about it, it's really hard to explain the math to them. It's, it's emotion. It's emotion. This person's making 50 cents more or $2 more an hour than when I started. And I've been here 10 years. It's emotional, but you can't, it, it, to do the mathematic part of it, yeah, that, try to be logical about it. It's hard. It's a balancing act. It's a plate spinning event. I agree with you. You're right, Conroy. I do agree with that. And I'll add these couple of things. One, if your employees as a group or even as an individual, you're the leader now, right? This is no more leadership. Yes, you're the leader. And a group, the employees that you're leading as a group are focused on their compensation. You've got problems with your culture. Exactly. Because every study I've ever read about why people stay with a company and why they leave has the pay is not in the top five. And so although compensation is important, it's not the most important thing. And so if your people are focused on compensation, there are other issues. You need to pay attention to that one, but there are other more, more pressing issues you should deal with. Hey, there's more episodes right there. Exactly. <laughs> And while you're at it, I want to. I was going to say, I want to make a plug for a book, which is Surprised by Dr. Stephen Covey. But it addresses. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. No. Yeah, it's called The New Guy Leadership. And he addresses there, it's very beautifully, he addresses the needs of your employees. And I, I learned so much from that. And the first one's live to love to learn to leave a legacy. And you have to pay enough that they don't have to worry particularly about how they're going to survive. And that's just, that's foundational. So I just wanted to get a plug. We're going to have that on our website or on our Facebook page. You should get it. I'm telling you, it'll change your leadership life. But that's another episode because I was told forever we need to pay a a, a, little, a, a livable wage. What's a livable wage? Hmm. Depends on where you are in the country. Right? Yep. Depends on how badly or how much you expect to reduce employee turnover. But, but I'm, I'm, again, you have a finite amount of money. You have a finite amount of money. Right. In, in Coeur d'Alene, the median income is right around 60000 a year. That's 30 bucks an hour. And if you can't pay that, then what's the trade-offs? Well, got that, okay. For so then I'll have, so then I'll have employers tell me we pay $16 an hour, but we give benefits. That's cool. And I think you should, I think you should give medical dental eye 401k. I think that's really important. But the, but the person that you're paying 17 to 20 bucks an hour really don't see that on their paycheck. They're mm-hmm. concerned with what does my paycheck look like? You know, at the end, how much do end, I get so net. I can survive? Net, net is the important. Not yeah. gross. And after you take out all the, the benefits and stuff, what's your net? So someone that working at McDonald's is not oh. going to make 30 bucks an hour. It, 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 they they, they restaurant- didn't expect to. Yeah. Oh, but that's a livable wage. And restaurants, particularly restaurants, are not cash flush because the money they make from their restaurants goes back into the restaurant. I can tell you the waitresses that are working on, we're working with Mr. Geyer right now are not making 30 bucks an hour unless they're getting compensated in a lot of tips, but that's not happening. So what is a livable wage? So when we talk about where do you live in the country, it totally, there is no set. Idaho's minimum wage is what? seven fifty an hour. And it's been that way for 20 years. It actually went up. Because if you were in the restaurant industry, you could pay three fifteen an hour oh, because you got you. tips because it got you up to the national average. Yeah, that's fantastic. That that is another whole episode. Yep. 
But that also begs the question is if you can't pay as much because it's not financially possible, another, again, another whole episode. What is, what can you do otherwise? And what comes to mind is what a lot of people have done. They have automated so that they can give more money to the pool that they've got left. So they've automated other parts of it. And I was oh, in the I airport what when I came out to see you guys and you ordered your McDonald's on a kiosk. Yeah. Now, my poor husband would have starved because he would have never figured it out. Sure. It just hit the picture. I know. How do you pay and all? It would have confused him. He's just not a tech guy at all. Again, this is getting off subject, but that is one way. It's usually you can think outside of the box and come up with something that will. Most important thing is they need to feel valued. They need to have a relationship with you and not your door, not your back. They need to have a relationship with you. Yeah. So I'll share a quick story about. The sunshine laws. So we talk about not sharing salaries. I worked for states for most of my career. And when I moved from one state to another, my brother-in-law was trying to look up my email or something. I forget what he's looking up. And what he found was the paperwork for my relocation reimbursement, including the value, the dollar amounts, and the whole story. And anybody who worked for the state, in some states, they call it the blue book. You can go on and look up people's salaries. It's usually a backward look that the year prior, but it's still out there. So the question of salary was never really a question. It was, it was published information because it was first states had these sunshine laws. So I don't have the same anxiety that some folks do about the sharing of salaries because I can tell you or you can look it up. The shortest path is I'll just tell you because I don't frankly care, but it's not potentially a competitive angle. Because it's already public information, whereas I can see why some companies and corporations would not want to publish because they don't want that to be the competitive advantage they think they have to get out into the world. So quickly on the topic we were just on, let's spin this really fast into the issue, gosh, we only have five minutes, of you find out that the person that you're supervising gets gets compensated more. We've got this path a little bit, but one observation is we've mentioned some pretty big companies and the compression issue. But I think that we're looking at compression as two layers, when in fact it goes up to the CEO. Where in that entire organization could there be some frugalness? So like maybe they make only 15 million less a year and it dents their income by 1% in order to redistribute some compensation equity among the entire organization. But there's some creative ways to look at that. But what I want to look at is what are the emotional effects. We said it's an emotional issue, but what's the effect? You find out that somebody who reports to you makes more than you. What's that make you think? And again, open forum, jump on in. Nonprofits are also public. You can go to the Secretary of State and see what what every executive director and their executive team is making. So that's always fun. It's public and it is what it is. But when you find out- I'm sure you've never heard, I pay your salary. Oh yeah, I've had that. Yeah, I'm like, no, the board of directors pays my salary, but I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, your question was, what What do you do when you find out someone's making, say that again? Yeah. What's the emotion wrapped up when you find out that one of your direct reports makes more than you do? Yeah. For, uh, honestly, I've never really had that issue. In fact, I've been, I always work to get my direct reports to make more because I, I just think it levels the playing field a little bit more. 
Um, but I also want them to love a job. I love what Geyer said. If you've got a team that's worried about how much money they're making, you need a new team. <laughs> you need to focus on something. You yeah. get them to focus on something different. But it happens. And it does. people get mad and emotion is a high being part of it. And a lot of it has to do with, with their ego, quite frankly. Totally. And they are taking money or the lack thereof or who's getting more, who's getting less and making it mean something about them. But it really, they make it about their worth and it's a measurement of their worth in their eyes, in their employees' eyes, whatever. In their eyes, they don't think as much of themselves because they're making less than their, that's a, that's a real, issue it is and if you would get people to admit it that's why they're mad they're mad because they're hurt because now they see a truer picture in their mind of what their value is in your eye and and another spot one of my one of my experiences and this can go a lot of different directions as we've all kind of talked about is that if as the leader i'm developing the people i'm responsible for and helping them grow and learn and expand and all those things in accordance with what they're trying to do. And they want me to pay them more and they want the company to pay them more. And it just isn't in the budget, kind of like on where I was talking about earlier, or it's just outside of our pay ranges or those kind of things. Then I think as a leader who's trying to help better these people's lives, it's incumbent upon me to help them find something that will do that. And so... There's been numerous times in my career where very excellent people who have worked hard for the company have found opportunity, whether it's more money or whatever, some better benefits package, whatever, somewhere else that that I'm actually excited for them. It's a bummer for our company, but we've developed people and we can find people. We've done it before. We're going to do it again. It's what we're all about. But boy, if somebody's making a decision for more money or better benefits or whatever it is. And it's something that, that I just can't compete with. Then I'm excited for them and, and I'm going to help them, help them do what they think is in the best interest for them and their family. And I'm going to, I'm going to celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah. I've had employees come to my office angry because they weren't making enough money and I pull out their job description and I just, so I'd go, I said, let's go over your job description. And I'd read the job description. Are you, are you doing this? Yep. Yep. I said, what else are you doing? No, that's what I do. Okay. So I'm paying you for this job. Mm-hmm. This job makes X amount of dollars and there's a minimum and a maximum. Now, if you would like to do more, I will pay you more. And that, that kind of works, but then you become an asshole. <laughs> so I did that a couple of times and I'm like, eh, the first rule of leadership is don't be an asshole. So I, I was just, I, I didn't do that anymore, but I was, I, that's, that was when I was getting frustrated with it. I was like, look, mm-hmm. this is getting out. It goes back to Jeff's comment again. If they're focusing on their money and not focusing on their job, we yeah. need to change the culture. And that's when I decided we need to change the culture. One thing, and I know we're getting really short on time, but I want to throw this out here, is whenever people, whenever I hire people, I made sure that they understood that they were profit partners with the company. The better the company did, the better they're going to do. And I tried to always keep that in mind because I don't want, I didn't want to do better if they weren't doing better as well. So if, if and they, and that really, creates and tells rift of other type of women type things when they work together in case you hadn't realized that can be a problem <laughs> the four of us are saying nothing about this i know nothing I no opinions about that no opinions of it at all <laughs> but, shut but up they were always wow. they were always fairly compensated related to how we were doing 
so that when I couldn't get a raise, couldn't give a raise, they understood. And I had open books. They always knew where we were, how much were we making a profit or that type of thing. So that worked as far as the compensation goes. So I've got a different take. Maybe I've just seen it from a different point of view, but I think there's a maybe unwritten understanding that as you go up the org chart, people will be compensated accordingly with the exception of university presidents and football coaches. There's a a flip-flop that happens there somewhere. And I do see it not as just a financial issue, but a trust issue. Because if people are being hired at a higher rate and they're not telling you, and you can just find out, and there's not an open conversation about what this is, why it is, and how we got there, that does feel like a trust problem. And so... I don't know that everything, I'm sure everything's not solved by just throwing more money at it, but understanding where you are, where you're going, why, before it becomes a problem, seems like a reasonable approach, which helps to create the trust and the things we talk about in every episode. So that's why my take is slightly different, but I agree. If somebody's just saying, I'm unhappy to give me money, that's not the solution. But I'm unhappy that you didn't tell me the truth. Ah, okay, now let's have a different conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Now that we've got a heated agreement, we are... Well past time. So very heated agreement. Very heated agreement. I love that. agree with you. Okay. Yeah, right. I don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> They're just being contrary. Gosh, contrarians. <laughs> so I'm not being argumentative. You are. That's right. <laughs> we hope, of course, that you're hearing this and thinking through what you think. We have our opinions, we have our insights, but most importantly, you know what you know as a listener and where you are on your leadership journey. Would this affect you a particular way? Have you lived it? Have you experienced it? And no matter where you are on that continuum, we'd love to hear your story. Email us, ask us at leadershipbs.co. Check us out on Facebook. We're there on a regular basis. And we really want to hear your stories and your accounts. This whole salary issue is a big sticky one. And your input would be huge and definitely welcome. So with that, any parting shots from the fabulous group at this point? Just remember the first rule of leadership. Don't be an a-hole. Don't be an a-hole. To know a hill rule available on Amazon, and that's not a joke. All right, <laughs> thank you for listening again, and uh, for no more leadership BS. I'm Dr. Sam, and we are out of here. Bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. And last but not least, don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.